Hey, welcome back to Let's Talk About It with Jackie and Megan. Where we like to talk about things that are messy, awkward, hard, or controversial and create a space for healing. Well, hey everyone, welcome back to Let's Talk About It. Today we are joined by Faith. Uh, we are so excited to have her on. She was one of our favorite coworkers back at our job where Jackie and I actually met. Yeah. So it's been a long time coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we are going to talk to Faith today about running a maternity home, sort of the good, the bad, and the beautiful. So before we start, Faith, could you just tell our audience a little bit about who you are, what you do, fun fact about you? Oh, yeah, yeah. And and I... I... As for apologies ahead of time, I'm working tonight and I just had a, a mommy baby pop in for a second. So there might be crying babies and there might be some interruptions. Um, so Amazing. I am Tron. I, um, I've been doing maternity uh, housing ministry for 12 years now. Um, seven of those have been uh, with the organization I'm currently with. I don't know if we're name dropping or not. Um, and uh, yeah, I love it. Um, fun fact: I don't have any fun facts. I'm, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I kind of exist on a plane of insanity. So, like, every day of my life is just hilariously funny. Um, I'm, I mean, you just taught someone how to make meatloaf. That's like <laughs> that's pretty just, fun. <laughs> I just taught. We have two residents from Colombia. Um, and they have only been in the country for a very short time. And so when we were menu planning this week, uh, I said, let's try American food. And I taught her how to make meatloaf and they actually liked it. I think because ketchup, I have learned that Colombian ketchup on everything. And that was what won them over. Nice. Can't blame them. (laughs) A fun fact is that Faith and I both went to the same university. We but did. Went, uh, before I did. Yeah, and before you I don't you know did. how much, how much um, sooner before I did. I don't know how much older I you are. I think a lot, Jackie. I think a lot. Barely at all, like uh, a year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we just much. missed each other. We totally <laughs> could have been besties on campus. <laughs> totally. <laughs> well, awesome. Wow, 12 years in maternity home work. That is pretty incredible. Did you do anything yeah. to celebrate like 12 years or 10 years or anything? I didn't. And it like, and the anniversary like just passed. Um, no, I didn't do anything. So it's uh, still think, time to celebrate. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, I am where I'm actually taking a, vac- a week long vacation starting next nice. week. So oh. I guess that will be my celebration. Yes. Yeah. Well deserved. So you've been doing this line of work for a long time. And what moti- motivated you to become involved in maternity housing? And did you ever think that this would be your career for 12 years? Yeah, I, you know, it kind of happened by accident, as all good things do. Um, you know, I, I grew up in a, in a very large, very Catholic, very pro-life family. And I was actually thinking about this the other evening. Um, you know, my my grandparents, probably sometime in like the early 90s, they met this homeless pregnant woman outside of their church and they brought her home and they and she lived with them until their baby until her baby was probably a year old. 
And it was just like a thing my grandparents did. It wasn't a big deal. Mm. But like it came to mind, I was unloading the dishwasher and I was like, huh, they kind of set this groundwork and they were very, very active in their, you know, in their, in their pro, the, the pro-life organization at their church. Um, I grew up on the East Coast, so we went to the March for Life every year. We lived in Maryland, so it was like, you know, a half an hour drive into the city. Um, and then, you know, I went to college. I was going to be a high school teacher. I have a degree in history. So, like, I had this big plan. And then I had that post-graduation existential crisis where I, like, just couldn't be a grown-up. So I went and I um, lived on a friend's couch for a semester and studied Mariology at Franciscan um, because why not? <laughs> um, and then came home and I started working with, at my church, but I was super unhappy. And uh, one of the women um, who was part of our project, Gabriel, came to me and she said, oh, they're opening up this home in Plano. You should apply. They're looking for a house mom. And I went, well, that sounds ridiculous. Why don't I try it? Um, went to the interview was super like excited about it but i knew what it what it meant so i knew that this wasn't going to be a regular job i knew that it was going to be um a massive self-sacrifice and i was like mm, i'm real selfish i don't know if i want to do that so my whole drive home i was just told god no no way went to adoration like did a holy hour and then called the woman and accepted the job. Was there for five years. The house closed. We were having a hard time keeping residents because it was, it was in the middle of nowhere, Illinois. Like we literally had a BP gas station and a Walmart. Um, I don't even think we had a post office. Um, and like the day after my director told me we were closing and I went, well, I don't know how to do anything else. This is all I know. Um, I got a call from um, my current executive director who had heard we were closing and said, hey, I need a house mom. And I actually declined the interview um, and said, oh, no, thank you. I'm going to look for something else. Uh, and then called her back a little while later, went in for the interview, and the rest was kind of history. Um, so I did live in ministry for eight of those 12 years. I just I, I lived in community with my moms. Uh, it's the most ridiculous thing ever. And I would not change it for the world. And then uh, the past four years, I have <laughs> on paper been working a nine to five, but um, you know, I I spend the night whenever I need to. Um, I've been married for two years, so my husband prefers when I'm home. But like this weekend, I said, "Okay, you and the dogs are on your own. I'm gonna be sleeping at work. <laughs> if you want to come hang out, you can." <laughs> so. Yeah, strictly by accident, but here I am. It's a beautiful story. It just kind of shows how yeah. God led the way for you to do this. And the other job ended and another one just appeared. <laughs> yeah, and, bananas. And like, yeah. it's just, it's all providence because there is absolutely no reason for me to have this job. I mean, I like literally I have a degree in history. I was going to be a teacher. I studied theology and I mean, like, I you know, I'm not a, a, a social worker or a clinician or anything like that. Um, but you know, when you, when you just say yes, like, I mean, he knows what he's doing, right? It really reminds me of the book of Esther, how like God is never named, but it's very like, 
and then this just happened to happen and then this happened and then this happened like that like you're as you were telling your story I was just thinking of the book of Esther like all right I'm just gonna say yes all right I'm just gonna take this step so I think that's so beautiful and it just goes to show how God can like kind of in the background work on our life yeah it's uh it's pretty great and and just you know the the number of not just women but families that i have been able to be jesus to and they have been able to be jesus to me um is just like it's bananas insane and i often just kind of like sit back and go i I don't i i don't deserve this um i am not good enough to do this so please don't let me screw it up but also like here we are and this is incredible yeah love that now i know jackie and i are familiar uh with like the homes and what you do but for people who don't know could you just give us a little if it's even possible, brief overview of both of the homes that you work with, because you work with two homes, not just one. Yes. So um, we have a maternity home and we have a transitional home. Um, We are actually, we're one of the handful of maternity homes that are connected to pregnancy care centers. So a lot of maternity homes and there's um, over 400 across the U.S. uh, and only a handful of us are directly connected to a pregnancy care center. So our, that's kind of where our client pool comes from. Women come to us kind of at any stage in their pregnancy, although the earlier on we can get them in, the the more we're able to work with them on parenting skills, on making sure they get proper medical care, that sort of thing. Um, they live in our maternity home uh, through their pregnancy and then three to six-ish months after their baby comes, at which time they transition to our other home and they can stay there either going to school or working uh, for up to two years, sometimes longer. Like if I have a client, I've had, I know I've had a couple of residents who were working on bachelor's degrees and they needed more time. So, you know, they've stayed with us for three plus years too, um, because really the objective isn't strictly you know, let's let's have a baby be born. It's let's bring a baby into the world and then equip that family to to be successful outside of our program. Yeah, I love that because so much of a critique against the pro-life movement is that all we care about is getting the baby born and stopping the woman from having an abortion. And pregnancy care centers do a lot more than that. But if it's also connected to a maternity home, you take that a step farther and you can help them actually like simulate into the world and grow those skills that they can be empowered to raise their children in a stable environment. And I think that's a very special thing about maternity homes is that you actually walk with women throughout the whole thing. And then way after the baby is born and they've chosen life, you are showing them like, I'm here for you and you're going to make this decision. I'm actually going to walk with you through this. And Mm -hmm. I just think that's really beautiful. I pray that we have more maternity homes that will pop up across the world and the United States for sure. Yeah, and and it is a growing, I think really in in a post Roe Dobbs world, um, there are more and more maternity homes that are popping up. I sit on the um, council for the uh, National Maternity Housing Coalition. 
Um, and we're seeing more and more inquiries, especially from pregnancy centers mm -hmm. that want to open homes. And it's like, mm -hmm. you know, we, I feel like maternity homes, we are like one of the best kept secrets of the pro-life movement for 40 plus years because we've been around since, you know, row past. And anytime I meet with a young woman, she goes, I didn't know something like this existed. Yeah. Like, oh, baby girl, we're here and we just want to love on you. So, you know, let's let's make that make that happen. I also love just the emphasis on growing skills that will help them a lifetime like you were saying like getting a bachelor's degree or getting you know a job or working like it's it's more than just being able to have the baby and not starve to death it's like we want your life to get so much better and faith i'm sure you can attest to this but so many of these women are absolutely capable extremely intelligent so hardworking. it's just that they have not had the support in their life to actually be able to grow those skills so could you maybe give us a little insight into how you even help or what support or services you give them um, as they're going through the pregnancy but then also after to just you know kind of establish the life that they want to live sure so we we definitely have like kind of our baseline so all of our women we work with um, one particular um, OB clinic um, that's very close to our maternity home. It's like five minutes away and we've been working with them uh, since this home opened 11 years ago. So we make sure all of our women are getting prenatal care. Um, I offer, we have a couple of therapists that offer um, therapy for our residents free of charge. So I try to connect them with a therapist. Uh, some of my girls take me up on that offer. Some of them don't. Some of them have worked their way through my entire list of therapists because they didn't like the ones I was giving them. Um, so I just want to make sure that they're getting, because um, so many of these women are coming from uh, trauma backgrounds. And mm -hmm. uh, even if they don't realize what they have gone through, once they get into a safe, stable place, they start unpacking. Mm -hmm. And so we really want to make sure that they get some sort of therapy while they're living with us. Um, we make sure they all go to the dentist. Um, Megan, I don't know if you had any teeth problems when you were pregnant, but pregnancy does a doozy on your teeth. Um, and so we work with two dentists that will see our women free of charge, do cleanings. Um, we've had them do extractions and root canal. I mean, like these are just phenomenal women who show up for our moms. Um, we do in-home classes. We, we work with a program called Bright Course which does educational modules for our women that cover everything from prenatal development to labor and delivery, parenting skills, and beyond. Um, we also uh, right now are dealing with, um, because we're in Chicago, this huge influx of undocumented immigrants. Um, and so I am building a, a stable of immigration attorneys that are helping because, you know, yes, we will give them a home, but we also will work with them to rectify their status. Um, so we're working on that with um, a handful of our, well, two of our, of our residents. Um, we, we have a volunteer right now who comes in once a week and she paints with the mom. Um, so they, mm. they actually, there's easel set up on our dining room table right now and they've been doing painting. Um, we do cooking classes. We did a sewing class last month, um, budgeting. So like we'll get, gift cards donated 
um, and you know, I say, okay, well, we have $200 for TJ Maxx and everybody gets this much. Go buy what you want, go buy what you need. Um, and it, that's just a fun way to do <laughs> budgeting. Um, we also do, you know, actual uh, financial literacy courses for our women. Um, and then if they, you know, if they need their GED, if they want to go to community college, if they want, you know, if they have an educational goal, um, we'll help them with that. We have tutors that come in. Uh, we have scholarships to pay for college um, because, yeah, we really just want our women to walk confidently out our out of our doors when they graduate our program. And how many women on average in each house are there? I know that Heather's house is where they would start, but then. Yeah, so typically I have four to five women at Heather's house. Um, and then at Monica's house, between five and six, it, it really depends. Um, you know, we kind of play a, a people Tetris game because we are we are one of the few maternity homes in Illinois that don't have we don't have an age cap. So anyone any woman 18 or older is eligible for our program. Um, and we will take women with one, sometimes two other children, depending on the circumstances. Um, but for every woman with an additional child I bring in, it's a pregnant woman I can't house. So like if I'm having a quiet month and I don't have a big pile of applications like I do right now, um, and I have an applicant who has one or two children, I, I will happily bring them in. Um, we've had our house, I think at one point we had at, here at Heather's house, we had four moms and four moms and six babies in this house. Well, four, four moms, four babies, an eight-year-old and a four-year-old. Um, so it was hectic. <laughs> yeah, hectic to say the least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I know you mentioned offering therapy to the women. Um, what are some other ways you sort of like meet their like emotional and psychological needs? Because I can only imagine a lot of these women coming from trauma backgrounds and then going through a traumatic experience where they're unhoused, they are facing an unplanned pregnancy, and then they're thrown into a group of other women with trauma and everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How do you kind of work to navigate that? Yeah, Um well i i try to make sure that my staff is fairly well equipped in like trauma-informed care um de-escalation techniques things like that like they're, they're probably sick of youtube videos or training videos from faith um you know and we just like i keep a really 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 open door policy so my staff because i have to take care of my staff too and my moms know that day or night they can call me like i don't love it when they call me at 11 o'clock at night um but they can um and we just try to dialogue i mean this this job is so relational Mm. um and so just you know like really 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 loving on them um and then you know something else that's a really big component of our home is is a prayer life and and a spiritual life so we we start every day with morning prayer. We end every night with night prayer. Um, and, you know, there is some resistance occasionally. The group I have right now, um, like, literally walk around with their little Bibles. Uh, and it's adorable. And it's just something that I'm not ac- <laughs> not accustomed to at all. Um, so, you know, we, we navigate some of those things scripturally. 
um, you know, we do weekly Bible study um, because, you know, I, I'm not a clinician. I'm not, I'm not a counselor. Um, but, you know, you, you, the conversations and just being a safe person in a safe place. And then also realizing that the work we're doing isn't just natural, it's supernatural. So sometimes, sometimes the, the women will come to me and they go, I'm feeling this way and I don't know why. Okay, well, let's pray through that. Or even my staff, like, I'm, I'm fine, but I feel so sad. Okay, well, whose burden are you carrying today? Let's pray through that. Um, because it's so easy, you know, there's just so much going on all the time that it's so easy to focus on the natural that's happening. But this is a spiritual war too. I mean, like we are pissing some bad guys off by bringing all these babies into the world and fighting against, you know, the evils that exist. Um, and so, you know, they will try to get their way, their way into our home, whatever way they can. And so just trying to be as aware as possible of that element of the work we do, um, is super critical. Yeah. I think something that's really beautiful about specifically the maternity homes that you work in is that you really do address all facets of the person, like the spiritual, mm -hmm. the emotional, the medical the material needs whatever words you want to use but you address all of it you don't like over spiritualize things and or you know only send someone to therapy and not recognize that there is a spiritual component to everything so I think that that's really beautiful I don't even think when I worked there I realized how much like it really does treat the whole human person and treats the person as a human being and not just oh this is a success story and we have to like check off this amount of boxes no like you really walk with these women and you help them through their personal stories and I just think that that's really really beautiful yeah it's, it's definitely awesome and, and you know something else that I try really hard to I actually recently brought one of our former residents onto staff but reminding our women of, of, of a legacy. I mean, they're not the first woman to sleep in their room. They're not the first woman to feel their feelings. Mm -hmm. And so I'll bring, I'll bring alum, some of my alums back in to just spend time with my current residents. And they always say, oh, you guys have it so easy. The rules have changed, blah, 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 blah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, just, just so that they, they realize that, you know, they're not the first one. They won't be the last one. Um, and that, you know, their support system is so much bigger than what they see. Yeah, they're not alone. Like yeah. this experience that could feel super isolating. Mm -hmm. It's the opposite. So many women have walked before them and will walk after them. And I think that's like a really powerful aspect of, like you were saying, bringing in former residents. I also remember even just from working there, it was really neat to see residents who had grown up spiritual or you know christian or catholic and had just really like disconnected from that and then because they were like having to go to morning prayer and evening prayer and in this environment they were really able to like reconnect with their faith and i think that's also so beautiful just giving them that opportunity like you were saying a safe space like a, a place they can slow down and be like wait i can like reconnect to this and and come back to god and i think that's an important element that if you don't have that spiritual aspect as well could get totally lost so i think that's beautiful as well yeah it's it's really funny because um my my resident who is now on staff was very much one of those people um 
and uh, now she leads our weekly Bible study. And it's just, it's hilarious to me because, you know, she was a recovering addict and she, I mean, you know, she's got quite a story uh, mm -hmm. and had just completely strayed from the, uh, the Christian life that she, she had been raised in. Uh, and now, you know, <laughs> now she's the Bible study lady. Mm -hmm. I also have another resident who um, just a few weeks ago, we invited a, a Spanish-speaking priest in to celebrate Mass, and he came early, and he, he heard her confession for the first time in 12 years, and uh, and she was able to receive communion at Mass, and it was just this, like, incredible, powerful thing. And, and the priest, Father Leo, he said, you know, what's what's amazing about this is that, is that when you're receiving communion, and she was still pregnant at the time, her baby has since been born, he said, um, not only are you receiving communion, but because you're carrying that baby, he's receiving communion, too, so what a, what an amazing gift. Um, and, you know, she she had been away from her faith for so long, but because she was here, because she was safe, because she had the time and the freedom to explore, she came home. Um, and it is such a it's such a gift to be able to I don't even know that I walk with them in that journey, but just to see that journey um, unfold. I love how willing you are as well to to enter into the mess with them because we talk about how beautiful this is and how life-changing, but it's also really, really hard. And these women are coming from really, really difficult situations. Like not everything gets better once they choose life. Like we're not saying if you choose life, everything's going to be great and amazing that there are going to be challenges that come with that, but we're going to be willing to walk with you through that and enter into that mess with you. And I mean, that's what Jesus does. And I just think that that's, I don't know. It's just very, it's very moving to me um, to see women and their individual stories, their individual, like very heavy trauma. A lot of them are walking with and that they can find that support for someone to enter into that mess with them and help them through that. Um, it's just, it just shows like, I don't know. It's a witness to how Jesus really can transform that suffering. Mm -hmm. um, but I know it also can be really challenging. It's not easy. You know, you're not totally like, oh, this is so great. All of this suffering and so peaceful. Right. So there's definitely challenges that come with running a maternity home. Uh, what, what for you has been maybe the most challenging thing about running maternity homes? Oh man. Um, gosh, how long do we have? You know, um, you know staffing is difficult. In a maternity home, you know, we are staffed 24 hours a day, seven days a week, Christmas, Easter, Memorial Day. Uh, and that's hard. That's a hard ask of, of anyone. Um, I have lived that life, so I don't feel so bad asking them. Like, well, I can do it. You can do it. Mm -hmm. um, but, it, you know, it, it is a big ask. Um, it's exhausting. It is exhausting because, you know, everyone has their own life. Everyone has their own family and the things that they're dealing with. Um, but in order to do this well, I often have to leave those things at the door and just enter in with my girls. And I'm not great at it every day because I'm human and, you know, my staff is not great at it every day because they're human. But, you know, we just have to do our best to be as present as possible. And when we can't be as present as possible, to be honest about it. Um, because our residents know that we're human. So like, if I'm having a bad day and someone comes to me and they, I, I, you know, I sometimes will just say to them, like, listen, I can't right now. Uh, let's try again in an hour. Uh, and, and they mostly respect that mostly. Um, you know, we are like, like we've said already, 
uh, unpacking a lot of things um, and being sort of the the keeper of stories can be hard because yeah it's not always you know rosy and happy um you you are the person that a woman is entrusting with you know her her rape story or um her her number of abortions she's had you're the person that she comes to um when you just want to go to sleep because she's having a bad day i had a resident once who um you know she she just really had a hard time and and the only thing some nights that would make her feel better and like it's such a it's such a strange thing but she would literally sit in my lap for you know 30 minutes and like just let me hold her and that that helped <laughs> that helped and so you know the the willingness is there but you know the 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 spirit is not always when these girls come to you and they just they need something and you're like but but guys i'm empty <laughs> and then you know you really just have to dig in um and ask for the graces to make it happen and to really try you know to be jesus for them i mean he he hit bottom <laughs> more than a few times right but he still shows up um our our savior literally died for us and then he you know still continued to show up so you know just praying for the graces to to see and be jesus for these girls is really um is really important how do you because that's a lot of pouring out like what do you do to like fill up yeah because we can't like continually pour out of an empty cup you know like how do you yeah what do you do to fill back up um i spend i spend a solid amount of time in like just personal prayer i am like wildly introverted so like i i i fill up the most when i can be alone with my jesus or i can be alone with some you know scripture or spiritual reading um you know sometimes i just get really angry too i mean like i'm not going to pretend like i'm the most peaceful human sometimes i go we have a chapel in our home in both of our homes and sometimes i go in and i just rail at god you know and use the most colorful language one could imagine um and just let him know you know how i'm feeling about it and what's up like i argue with god constantly um i think some of the best saints do not that i think i'm a saint but maybe someday i hope someday um and just you know really um try to be I, I don't try to be someone i'm not and i don't try to be better than i am mm. um and some days i do like some weeks some months i forget that i can't just keep going and um i have to rely on the people around me so i i have built a a pretty great team and um, sometimes I will go hide in my office and send them a message saying, you guys, I'm tapped out today. Um, if you want to come visit and talk about funny things, that's great. If it's heavy, it's a tomorrow problem. So, you know, realizing limitation for sure. Um, and then boundaries. also yeah, boundaries, knowing <laughs> when I have overextended and then trying to remind myself that I shouldn't keep extending knock right at it um i have an awesome husband who uh when my phone rings 
like the girls in the house right now know after 5 30 it is brandon time um and so if my phone rings after 5 30 he'll answer it sometimes and unpack the problem for me uh so they don't call too much um so yeah those boundaries things and having people who will who will hold you accountable like he holds me accountable to our family when i started this work it was my like primary vocation now i am my wife and i have to remind myself frequently that that is my primary vocation and not this mm. that's awesome shout out to brandon yeah. he's great <laughs> so do you have any i'm sure there's several obviously it's really difficult this work but it is also very beautiful and I just said we don't call them success stories, but I know that you have, you kind of mentioned one woman who came back on your staff, but a time when you really saw someone's life very much transformed, if there's one story that really sticks out to you. I have three. <laughs> yeah, we're all here. For um, we want to hear about it all. <laughs> well, one of them, I actually, so this past summer, I was invited to one of my girls graduated from um, uh, Northern Illinois uh, law school. I have a lawyer in my family now. Wow. <laughs> um, so she came to live with us. She was actually before my time. Um, at, uh, and she was getting a lot of pressure from her parents to abort. She mm -hmm. lived with us. She had the baby. She got married. She had another baby. Things in her marriage weren't going well. And so she knew she could come home. And so she did. And that's when she came into my life. And while she was with me, she was applying to law school. And we were helping with uh, marriage counseling and she and her husband are still happily married they have rectified mm -hmm. so many of their issues and she's a lawyer now so that's it's pretty pretty successful um i have another girl who um like on the outside her success story is that she uh let graduate from a program and got married and she's got um now three beautiful babies mm -hmm. um but you know the success that don't no many not not many people know about. Um, she came to me once and she said, "I can't wait. I, I someday I want to be able to share my story." Um, before she had the baby, that her little girl when she was with us, she had had six abortions, um, and so you know one day she came to me and she just was you know just crying. Miss Faith, why did I decide this was the baby that could live? Um, and uh, no, I I don't know the answer to that question. But, you know, why don't we celebrate that this baby's alive? And so, you know, that's not just a success, that's a triumph that, um, you know, that many heartbreaks. And, you know, we have this, this sweet little girl who's, you know, eight years old now, and is a big sister to two beautiful little brothers. Um, and then I have another girl, she came here um, from Guatemala. She was trafficked here by coyotes. Um, she she had a, a beautiful little boy when she was li with, living with us. Um, she attempted suicide when she was living with us. Um, and when she wasn't compliant with taking her medication, I had to ask her to leave our program. And it was one of the most devastating things I had to do because I just, I mean, she was 18 years old. She was a baby herself. And I just wanted to take care of her. But I knew I couldn't put my whole home at risk um so i had to ask her to leave and just this past summer and we've been in touch on and off um she i i was working on a saturday and she called me and she said 
I'm by Heather's house. Can I can I come visit? And she came in and she had her little her little boy with her who is seven now. Um, her English is much better than it was when we were living together. His English is great. She's she's got an apartment. She got her driver's license. She um, works full time. Um, so you know she is not a, a cheery happy story. She's not someone that you can like, you know. Here, let me tell you this great story about maternity home. But um, not only is she doing so well in life, she knew love well enough when she lived with us that she knew she could come home, despite the things that happened. Um, and that always makes my heart so happy that like. Even when I have to ask a woman to leave our program for various reasons, or she gets upset with me and she packs her things and she leaves, um, so many of them will still reach out or come visit, send me pictures of their babies. Um, and to me, that you know, that means that when we met, when they lived with us, they knew love and they knew safety, and they know no matter what that that still exists. Uh, and so. I just, you know, it makes me so happy. <laughs> Such a picture of, like, the unconditional love of our father. Like, the prodigal son. Like, we could go and, like, work with the pigs and the slop and still come back. <laughs> I think that's wonderful. And I like that you refer to them as your family, too. And that it feels a lot like the love of family because family fights and then they don't talk for two years or, you know, sometimes. And then suddenly they're like, okay, yeah, we're good now. And <laughs> they come back into a relationship. And I just think that's, yeah, that's so beautiful. It's, it's not, it's not just a job or like an organization where, okay, we're going to help these people and have them fit this cookie cutter view of what we want their lives to look like it's messy and every woman that you've talked about has had their own individual story and it's not like they come to the maternity home and then everything's great from then on out <laughs> I know that you've told me before you've had women that have left and then they've come back and stayed and they've had more kids and sometimes yeah they come back with the kids that they've had since they've left uh and it's just beautiful that you once again yeah you just walk with them in that um and they become family to you and it truly is a home, not just a place that they can stay or a shelter. That's how maybe people can think about maternity mm -hmm. homes is it's just these shelters where they live and they do their own thing. Like, no, it be, it's a home and you become family with them. Yeah. And, and that, you know, they're, they're forced to, to get along. <laughs> you know, we, we sit down, we sit down as a community, as a family every night and, and have dinner together. Wow. Um, the girls are, are waiting for me so we can do a movie night. I don't know what we're watching. Um, but, you know, we just, we try to do all those things that, that you would do with, with your family and, and so many things that they, so many of them have never experienced, you know, like I love bringing my girls to the zoo because so many of them have just never, they've never experienced that. Um, those little outings that, that so many of us take for granted. Um, that you know we're just blessed to introduce them to and and experience it as as a group as a family as a tribe and i like i've seen when i used to work there even how the women themselves become friends and become family mm -hmm. and that also is really beautiful something that i wouldn't think about before but then actually seeing that um 
yeah, I think it's really cool because these women are coming from different backgrounds, different cultures. And then why else would they ever have lived together <laughs> than because of they all entered this program and are in this home. And then they form these long lasting friendships and bonds. And I think that's really cool, too. Yeah. And they and they stay friends forever afterwards. So many of them, um, you know, I'll, I'll get calls from from girls like, oh, did you hear about, you know, this, that and the other? And I'm like, no, I don't talk to that girl anymore. Oh, well, I see her every week and this is what's going on in her life. Uh, and I and I love it. I got a picture of um, there were three girls who lived here at the time. I thought they hated each other, honestly. Like, I didn't know they got along. And then someone sent me a picture of the three of them doing like a mommy's day out in in downtown Chicago. And I was like, oh, wow, you guys, you guys do stuff together. That's phenomenal. Why couldn't you not argue when you lived here? Um, so <laughs> it's our love language, <laughs> like sisters, you know, sometimes when you exactly. live together, you don't get along as well. And then once you I know it's how it with my sister now that we don't live together. Once we leave, you're like, wait, I love you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's so cool and such like a a tiny picture of heaven just such like a diverse group of people that are all sort of bonded by like a like one similar circumstance and how much more beautiful will it be in heaven when we're all bonded together from all these different diverse backgrounds but just from like communal love and worship of God like so cool and so neat to get to experience like that small little glimpse yeah well thank you so much for the work you do um for sharing your story and yeah I just I think it's like you were saying Jackie such an important but kind of hidden aspect of the pro-life movement um you know that it isn't just about getting these babies born but actually like walking alongside these women Mm -hmm. and supporting them and bringing them together um yeah and it's it's more than just let's get you some food on the table while that's still important, but also like, let's, let's work on all these other things. Like let's get you access to therapy. Let's get you access to college, like things that you haven't had an opportunity before. Let's give you a safe space where you can slow down and actually like reconnect with your, you know, childhood faith and like all these other things. So I think it's such a a well-kept secret of the pro-life movement that I wish more people knew about. And it's so funny when I even tell people like my former job and I start going into the organization and then I bring up like, oh, and there are maternity homes. They're like, what? Like no one (laughs) knows about it. So I think it's so important for you to share your story and for other people to hear about that. Well, you know, thank you both for giving me the opportunity to, yeah, I love to talk about my job. I could talk about it forever. Um, and I love to spread spread the good news of maternity housing. So thank you so much for for inviting me to talk about it. Of course. Well, I love how you just brought our title and yourself. I don't know if you've ever had a guest do that. <laughs> you said to talk about it. Well, <laughs> that's great. That's what we're all about is talking about it. You just so. did our conclusion for us. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> title drop. 